like you to watch with me this video clip which gives the title of my sermon this morning so please turn your attention to the monitor for life's bleachable moments thank you thank you that is the title of my sermon. And instead of mom, we have a situation. We're going to say, God, we have a situation. Am I in the right place this morning? Is there anyone that might be sitting in here? You don't have a situation. You can raise your hand so that we can applaud you. But if you have a situation, raise your hand in the sanctuary. Praise the Lord. I'm in the right place. You know, I showed that clip. First of all, I showed that clip because my little nephew, Colin James Henry, absolutely loves that commercial, that video. And every time he sees it, he'll say, Auntie Nisi, we have a situation. And he will say it for everything. If he spills the milk, if he has an accident, whatever goes wrong, we have a situation. Well, I'm telling, we're laughing, but we're going to get a little serious as we go on with the sermon. God we have a situation. And if you follow the progression of the video, you know what's going to happen. What, what was the struggle? What was the struggle? Couldn't get the belt off. The belt has him hemmed up. Can't get it off so he can go to the bathroom. And you know if he can't go to the bathroom, he's going to have a what? He's going to have a situation. He's going to have an accident. And then once the accident happens, mom is going to have to do some laundry and apply the bleach. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So in life, we all have our struggle. And the situation as I look at that word, situation is a set of circumstances in which one finds oneself, a state of affairs. And as that belt was around his waist and he was just struggling with it, our circumstances cause us to struggle at times. Amen? Circumstances are conditions or details. But I want to share with you from the word about David. And in one particular scripture, 
where he had a situation. So I want you to turn to 1 Samuel 30th chapter. And we're only going to be reading from 1 to 19. Not the whole thing. We're going to be skipping around. So if you have um, your phone, your iPod or pad or whatever, just turn to the ESV version. The English Standard Version we will be reading from. Follow along with me. Now when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziglag. They had overcome Ziglag and burned it with fire, taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but they carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. Sixth verse, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Let's move down to the eighth verse. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? God answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. In the King James Version, it says you shall recover it all. Now let's go to the 18th verse. David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken, and David rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken, David brought back all. So here we are. God, we have a situation. Here's David. He comes back from maybe another skirmish, another battle. Comes like He comes back to his home, his, um, I guess, the place where they hang out. That's like his fortified city. All of his, his people, his friends, his family, they're all in Ziklag. And the enemy came in and burnt it down, destroyed it, and then took the fam- all the family members away. And here is David. Now, it's not David alone, but all his mighty men, all the men of war that, that stick with him, Their families are gone too. No one is left. And the word says, when they came and they saw what had happened, they they raised their voices and wept 
until there was no strength to weep. Have you ever been in that place? I know I have, where I have cried out to the Lord, and I cried until I just cried out all, everything. I just cried out everything. And here we are, you would say, wow, look at this example. These strong warrior men, they're crying till they have no strength, but it's okay. It's all right sometimes to cry out to the Lord. And just like that little, that video, my little guy in the video clip, he knew that the situation was not his alone to, to handle. He knew that there was someone that could do something about it. And sometimes with us, we have a situation and we sit there, Deacon Joyce, and we are, oh, oh, we forget. I got to do this. I got to do that. Oh, I got to move this. I got to do this. And we're busy, busy, busy trying to take care of situations. And God is just waiting, waiting for us to cry. Waiting for us to cry out and say, God, I have a situation. I need you. I need you to come and step into this situation. And I thank God, the word of the Lord says that the righteous cry and the Lord hears them and delivers them from out of all their troubles. Delivers them from out of all their troubles. What was needed, the response that was needed was for the little fella to cry out. And I'm telling you this morning what our response should be when we have a situation. We've got to take the time to humble ourselves because we don't know it all and turn to the one who knows the beginning to the end and cry out to him. And there is no situation I declare this morning that is beyond his power to reach and to turn. There's no situation. And I speak to those in the sanctuary this morning that you're dealing with issues Your situation may be with your children. Rebellious children. Defiant children. Children that have just chosen to go their way. And and you have been crying out to the Lord. And crying out to the Lord. And it seems like the more you cry the worse it's getting. I'm telling you, I want, I'm going to encourage you to do what David did. David went before the Lord and the Lord told him, pursue. The Lord said, chase after them. Go after them. And someone in here needs to get the courage back up again to pursue those children. You're not going to run after them, you know, with a belt in your hand or anything like that. But you're going to chase after them on your knees. 
you're going to go into God for them like the, and travail for them. Just the same way you travailed for them when you were giving birth to them, you've got to travail in prayer for them. And not just praying, but speaking over them. Speaking over them. No, you, you will not, you do not belong to the enemy. You are my child. I am a child of God. So you belong to God. And I don't care what this um, display right now of a nasty attitude, your behavior, everything that could be going wrong, your rebelliousness. But in the name of Jesus, you're recovered. You're recovered. You are restored. And we have to declare it like that. David had his moment to cry, but then after he cried, he got up and he pursued. And the word pursue talks about follow in order to catch or attack. So you're not only going after the person, but number one, we're going after the enemy. We're going to attack him. And the way we attack him is not with a spear, not with, you know, a Uzi, not with, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But we're going to go every time you see that situation coming up, you're going to stop praising God. You're going to hit your knees and you're going to stop praying. You're going to call on the Lord and you're going to start singing some songs, oh God, of praise to the Lord. And pull your weapons out from the armory. You know, last year I spoke on Say Yes to the Dress. And it was what what our garments are. And our garments, we have the word of the Lord. We have the shield of faith. We have all the parts of the armor. And we need to use it and stop running and being pushed back, pushed back against the the wall and saying, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. Don't let those words come out of your mouth. I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Pursue, chase, attack. Continue or proceed along a path or a route. Go on with your journey. And with your journey is like everything that belongs to me is coming to me. It's coming with me. And so whatever I need to do, that's what I, what I'm going to do. Because my God is aware of this situation. Now, David's situation at Ziklag was not the first time he had a situation. He had a situation back in 1 Samuel 17 when he encountered Goliath. And I'm not going to take the time to read the word, but in the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel, it gives the, the it spells out the word of what happened on that event at that event the philistines had gathered there was a whole you know they were arrayed for battle and the philistines sent out their champion which was goliath 
And I know for most of us sitting in here, we are familiar with this story. And here is this man. He's almost 10 feet tall. And he comes out. Every day, the word said he would come out. The Israelites were on one mountain. The Philistines were on the other mountain and this big valley. And this champion would come into the valley and he says, give me a man. Give me a man to fight against me. And when he would speak, the word says the armies of Israel ran. They were afraid. They were filled with fear. Like, oh, what? Nobody would come forward. Nobody would, would answer the challenge. And as the, and he would continue to defy them every single day. But as I read the scripture, one of, um, David's older brothers caught him. It was only because David's father sent him to the battle area to find out how, how are your brothers doing? That was the reason why David was there. And when David came on the scene and he saw what was going on, David said, God, we have a situation and he went and asked them, what's going on? How come no one's answering the call, the challenge of this, this uncircumcised Philistine? And the men rehearsed and told him, well, um, so and so and so, but we're, we're still believing that someone will come forward. And if they come forward, um, King Saul said that they're going to get riches. His, his, his family will be set and, and King Saul's gonna give whoever the person is his daughter to be a, for our wife. So all of these things, but nobody was responding. Nobody was responding. And David said, yeah, God, I have, you have been with me when I was back there in the, in the field with those sheep, taking care of my parents' sheep. And the bear came out against me. The lion came out against me. And with your strength and in your power, I defeated both of them. I grabbed them. The, the word said, I grabbed them and I smote them. Now, can you imagine that? David was a bad guy. He was a bad guy. That wouldn't have been me. I'll just say that. But David said, I dealt with that situation through your strength. I overcame the lion and the bear. And this old uncircumcised Philistine I count him, I put him in the same category as the lion and the bear. He's nothing. He's nothing. Because you've got this, Lord. And so, you know, David had his conversation with King Saul. And Saul told him, put on my armor. You know, he must have, 
looked at him and said, oh my God, this scrawny little boy is going to go out against this 10 feet giant. But David rehearsed what God had done for him. And in that 37th verse, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. And was the Lord with him? Was the Lord with him? Amen. He slew Goliath and cut off his head with the giant sword. Amen. So, God, we have a situation. I want this word to be a challenge and an encouragement to you this morning that as long as you live, your situations are going to arise. And what I think there's a Bayesian saying that says, whatever, whatever didn't, had didn't pass you, hadn't get to you yet. So don't say, aha, I've, I don't know what you're talking about, Elder Anita. I don't have any situations. I can handle that. Well, they haven't caught up with you yet, baby. So just wait. <laughs> wait for it. So I want to sort of wrap this up. Going back to that video clip. Little guy says, Mom, we have a situation. And the commercial is all about what? Bleach. Yes. So I use, I made an acronym with the word bleach. Bleach, when you bleach something, you whiten it by exposure to Sunlight, sunlight, and what I don't want you to do in your situation to let it stay there and stain, stain your life. And once stained, then it produces an odor. But I want you to apply the bleach. The B is the body. Don't go it alone. Too many people wrestling with their situations and they're embarrassed. They don't want anybody to know. So they sit there quiet and they, they clam up they go into depression, they go into all kind of things because they forget there's a body. And the scripture that I, I went, I put with that was Romans 12, 4 to 5. Wait a minute. It's not Romans, I'm sorry, Romans 12. Yes, four to five. For as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. Listen, 
So we, though many, are one body in Christ. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So I'm joined to Deacon Vera. I'm joined to Nikki Bernie. I'm joined to Tricia. I'm joined to Bruno. I'm joined to, to um, oh my goodness, Yvette. <laughs> We're joined. I'm joined to Lucinda. I'm joined to Joey. We are members of the body. And if you're hurting, I'm hurting. When you rejoice, I rejoice. I have an, uh, an opportunity to celebrate with you. Don't be deceived by the enemy that, oh, when I'm going through my situation, oh, I must have done something wrong. So let me go to the corner. No, that's the time to look for the body. Look for people to embrace you. Look for someone to hold your hand and encourage you. Look for someone to cry out for you if you can't cry out for yourself. Use the body. That's why Christ put us together. We've got to stay in the body. And you know what? When you go off in the corner and you have your little pity party, you're a prime target. Prime target. Oh, oh, nobody understands. You're over here weeping and wailing and you got a big target on your back. But in the body, you got people surrounding you. The enemy can't get at you so easy. When you stay in the body, you're surrounded. Your protection is there. So remember, stay, apply the body. L, love. When you have your situation, use the love. Use the love. Love is available, not fear. And let's read 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. I believe in the King James Version, it says torment. You're tormented. In your mind, you're thinking, what did I do wrong? Should I have done this? You're second second guessing yourself. And you're tormented. No, apply the love. Apply the love. And whosoever fears has not been perfected in love. You have to apply the love. Let's look at the E. That's the time for encouragement. Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will help you pursue. I will help you attack the enemy. But he says, fear not. What you remember from the scripture with David, the first thing after they cried, they were done. 
da- the first thing David do, did was to inquire of the Lord. He went before the Lord, and while he was inquiring, the rest of his guys in the back were plotting, you know, David, we're going to stone you. We're going to get rid of you. Look what you caused to happen to us. But while, and David was aware of it, he knew they were plotting to stone him, but that was the right time for him to inquire of the Lord. He went before the Lord and he cried out to the Lord. Amen. So encouragement, you, there are days when you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, put your hand on your back and said, the Lord is on my side. Whom shall I fear? Quote the word of the Lord over yourself and encourage yourself. If the Lord be with me, who shall be against me? Quote what the word says. Encourage yourself. Amen. Next one. Apply it. The right attitude. Does everyone have to know you're going through a situation? Because your attitude shows up on your face. It shows up on your face and it shows up in the words that come out of your mouth. So um, I was talking to someone and they said to me, Anita, I didn't know that such and such and such you were going through this or you, you know, were dealing with this. You're always smiling. I said, first of all, that's the grace of God. (laughs) That's the grace of God in me. And I don't think I was ever one to be wearing my attitude on my face. An attitude that says I'm defeated, I'm down, when the word says that I'm a conqueror. I'm an overcomer by the word of the Lord. So why would I walk around with an attitude that says, my God is not able. I know my God is able to take care of any situation. He's got big hands. He's got big hands. So I'm going to apply a right attitude. Let's read the scripture. Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. So if anger is in there, if fear is in your heart, if um, a a spirit of defeat is in your heart, that is what's going to come out of your mouth because out of your heart flows the issues of life. Colossians 3, encourage us. If then you have been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above. Set your mind. It didn't say God is going to come down and his hands are going to rearrange your way of thinking. You've got to do it. You've got to set your mind on things that are above. Set your mind on the word. Set your mind on what God says about you. Not on things that are on earth. As a little girl, I was thinking, 
And for a very large portion of my life, I was ruled by fear. Ruled by fear. Everything I was afraid of. And then to make matters worse, I had a big brother, an older brother, knowing that I was afraid of everything, he would go out of his way to set me up. He would go and get flies, put them on a, uh, you know, piece of paper or something, and he'll say, Anita, come here. I found a very interesting thing that I want to see. I want you to see. And he would come, and as I'm, he's bringing it to me, I'm not, you know, I'm curious, oh, what is this interesting thing? And then he'll throw it in my face. And I would scream. He knew I was afraid of the dark. He said, mom told you to go into the room and get the laundry. I go into the room, he turns the light switch off. I'm in the dark. I'm screaming. I'm crying. My mother would ask, what is going on? It was fear ruling me. Fear ruling me. And, you know, I got married and I brought that fear over into my marriage. So a little spider was climbing up on the wall. And I'm in the room yelling, Roy! Roy, Roy, he said, what's the matter? Come here, I've got a situation. (laughs) He said, Anita, what's the matter? There's a spider here in the room and I can't go to sleep as long as that's in the room. He looked at me and he said, really? (laughs) He said, look how much bigger you are than that spider. Can't you just kill it? I said, Roy, I cannot. So, my husband's got to stop everything he's doing. A spider, one of those centipedes, um, a fly, if it's a little too big, whatever, a beetle, you know, those flying ones that come in in the summer. Whatever it is, I would be yelling and causing a ruckus because of this one little thing. And my husband looked at me and said, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. You're going to have to overcome your fear. And so, you know what? I did it afraid. I did it afraid. I would see that spider and I would come up to it. And don't laugh at me. I would say, in the name of Jesus. (laughs) And I was, I mean, there was no trace. But after it was done, my heart is beating so hard. But it's the, the result of being filled with fear. I told you all the last time that I spoke that because I thought I saw a mouse. (laughs) Sister Sandra, control yourself. 
I leaped 15 steps from the third floor bedroom area down to the front, our front door. I leapt. It was a leap of fear. It was a leap of fear. Because afterwards, when I came to myself and I looked back and I saw all my sisters and brothers said, you just, you just cleared the stairs. That was fear. That was fear. And I am determined by the help of the Lord each and every day that if there's any residual areas of fear in me, I said, God, you've got this situation. I will not be ruled by it. I will not um, give in to it because with that fear is torment. You, you know, the first time I saw a bug in the room, I'm lying in the room, and that's when I knew how much of a hold it had on me. I was lying. I turned the light off, and my mind was, suppose it jumps down on your head. Suppose it climbs down and crawls into your ear. What are you going to do? So all the enemy fed me a line until... God has delivered me. And by faith, I'm saying that. I'm, I'm delivered of that situation. So having a right attitude, I am who, who God says I am. Not what man says, not what my, you know, scaredy cat, scaredy cat. That's what my brother used to say. She's scared of everything. Not what people say you are. But you are what God says you are. Okay, let's move on to the C. The cleansing of the word. Okay, just in case you make a mistake. Just in case you have an accident. Don't stay there and cover it up. Don't stay there and throw it in the closet. But acknowledge, Lord, I've made a mistake. Look at Psalm 51. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Seventh verse. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Wash me. Apply the bleach. I'll be whiter than snow. Then the tenth verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. The last verse and the last letter is H. Hope. Psalm 42 reads the 5th and the 11th verses. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation. 11th verse says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Amen. So these scriptures 
as I said, spell out the word bleach. And as I said, bleach, when you bleach, you whiten by exposing something to the sunlight. For some of you, your situation needs to be exposed to the sunlight. Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. You need to come before the Lord. So God, I have a situation. And the thing, the, the wonderful thing about it is God already knows about the situation and he knows how he's going to solve it. So all he is waiting for is for you to cry out to him. 